Good morning again. Uh, Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Psalm 23. That'll be our sermon text for this morning, Psalm 23. And uh, let me remind you, if you don't have a Bible, there should be some Bibles out on the tables just outside the doors there. And uh, if you don't own a Bible and would like one, you should feel free to take that, write your name in the front, uh, take it home with you, uh, read it, study it, bring it back week after week as we study God's Word together. Before we read Psalm 23, let's pray together. Our Father, you are our good shepherd, and we pray that as we come to your word that you would teach us, that you would remind us of how you shepherd, uh, ultimately through your son, Jesus, that you would give us a clear picture of Jesus, that uh, we would see him and see his love and see his care, that we would be encouraged to uh, trust in him and be confident in his watch over us. Uh, Pour out your spirit on us now to that end, uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 23. Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Fear. Anxiety and worry, these are found in every age. They are really universal human experiences. Uh, We often don't know uh, whether we will have enough, right? We fear scarcity. Uh, We don't know whether we will hold on to what we have. We are anxious about loss. We don't know whether we will make it through another day. And we, we worry about overwhelm and defeat and failure. We often don't know what we don't know, right? When we find ourselves uh, more full of confusion than understanding, more full of questions than answers. And in this week's psalm, in contrast to last week, uh, we don't see the journey from anguish to hope, but we see a settled confidence, whatever trials may come. Psalm 13 was a psalm of lament. Psalm 23 is a psalm of trust and confidence and hope. It's the same psalmist, by the way. David wrote both psalms. And so we see that that spiritual wholeness, spiritual life has a variety to it. It involves both lament and anguish on the one hand, but also a settled confidence and trust on the other. If last week we talked about crying out in times of trouble, this week we're going to talk about walking through the valley in confidence and trust. Now Jesus 
of course, is our only confidence. And so our outline this morning is, is walk through the valley with Jesus, the good shepherd, with Jesus, the great shepherd, and with Jesus, the chief shepherd. And yes, those are three different things. <laughs> uh, first, walk through the valley with Jesus, the good shepherd. Psalm 23 has a kind of timeless, uh, evocative simplicity to it. Uh, it's definitely the most well-known of the Psalms, and it's easy to see why. Almost anyone can read the Psalm and immediately understand the basic message. Uh, now, now, we're in central Illinois, so it's maybe more likely that uh, you've spent more time on a farm uh, than in some places in the world. Uh, even those of us from urban rather than rural areas, though, we, we get what it means to have a shepherd. We understand the allure of green pastures to a grazing animal. Uh, we know that a sheep uh, would need cool water to drink and a place to rest. And if we uh, keep verse 3 uh, within the metaphor for a moment, he restores my soul simply means the green pastures and quiet waters have refreshed the weary sheep. The paths of righteousness, while again in the metaphor would have little uh, moral connotations for a sheep, uh, would still mean that paths that end well. The shepherd leads the sheep on a good way and so gains a reputation for being a good shepherd. Even when those good paths go through a dark valley, the sheep has no need to fear. His shepherd is with him to guide and protect. The metaphor then seems to shift in verse 5 uh, because here the language moves from daily provision to victory celebration. A feast, perfume, and a bottomless glass of wine. Verse 6 concludes with confidence of good, both all the days of my life and forever. It's easy to see why so many would love this psalm. It's a psalm of comfort and celebration and of hope. But as Christians, when we read through the psalms, all of the psalms, we can't stop there. We believe that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the hopes of Israel. The question is, how is Jesus the completion of Psalm 23, a psalm that is so familiar to us? It's interesting, Psalm 23, of, of all the psalms, Psalm 23 is actually never, that I can tell, quoted directly in the New Testament, though so many psalms are. At the same time, the shepherd imagery, though, is everywhere, right? There is constant there are constant allusions and references back to the Lord, our shepherd. And who is the shepherd, according to the New Testament? Well, Jesus is the shepherd, right? John 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Hebrews 13, 20 calls Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep. Peter calls Jesus the chief shepherd in 1 Peter 5, 4, verse 4. Now, some of you might be wondering, okay, well, how can uh, Jesus be the shepherd? I mean, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, one of the central messages in the New Testament is that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10 verse 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. 
Philippians 2, verse 9 through 11 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, highly exalted Jesus, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, what's interesting about Philippians chapter 2 there is, is Paul is quoting Isaiah 45. We often miss this when we come to Philippians 2, but it's such an amazing point to me. Paul is quoting Isaiah 45. Isaiah 45, verses 22 and 23 say this, Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. To who? Uh, in the context of Isaiah, to the Lord, to Yahweh, to the God who says, I am God and there is no other. That's the one to whom every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. And so when Paul applies those words to Jesus, what is he saying? He's saying that Jesus is that God. Jesus is Yahweh. Jesus Christ is Lord. And so when we read Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, well, who is the Lord who is my shepherd? Jesus Christ is Lord. The Lord Jesus is my shepherd. But we also need to see that before Jesus was our shepherd, he was our sacrificial lamb. Revelation 7, 17 says, For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. See, the Apostle John, the writer of Revelation, echoes Psalm 23. The Lamb is the shepherd who guides us to springs of living water. Or, as I want us to see now, the opposite, right? The shepherd is first the Lamb. Uh, John the Baptist said of Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And when the word became flesh, the shepherd became a sheep. But the shepherd became a sheep to walk through the valley alone. Jesus came to no want. From his hunger in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil, to his thirst on the cross, Jesus came to bear our pain for us. He was cared for by the Father in his life. He was led in paths of righteousness, but for him those paths led to the cross. He faced the, dark, the darkest of valleys in bearing the anger of the Father for sin at the cross. And he died and was buried. But though Jesus bore want and hunger and thirst and death for us, and for a moment faced the full wrath uh, of the Father on the cross, the Father did not ultimately abandon his sheep. God's goodness and mercy followed Jesus into the grave, and he rose from the dead ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to find lost sheep and bring them home. He came as the good shepherd to lay down his life for the sheep. John 10, which we've read already, uh, Jesus says, This thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
shepherd became a sheep to lay down his life for the sheep that he might give them life as their shepherd. Friends, again, uh, Paul says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you know that Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep? Are you trusting in his saving death and resurrection to give you life? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Do you hear the voice of Jesus speaking in the scriptures saying, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. I will shepherd you. I will care for you. Your shepherd calls. If you hear and respond, then Jesus is your shepherd and you are his sheep. So walk through the valley with Jesus, the good shepherd, who lays down his life, laid down his life for the sheep. But also walk through the valley with Jesus, the great shepherd. Uh, now, I don't mean to contrast good and great here, uh, as, as if Jesus is not only good, he's also great. Uh, only that Jesus calls himself the good shepherd as opposed to evil, morally good, upright shepherd in John 10. But as the good, good shepherd, he is a great shepherd, as Hebrews 13.20 says, meaning he's the preeminent shepherd. If you know Jesus as your shepherd, as the great shepherd of the sheep, here is what this psalm encourages. Psalm as a whole right, encourages us to trust him, to trust our shepherd. Take upon yourself the confidence that David has. Uh, the, the Lord Jesus is your shepherd. You shall not want, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as we look at this psalm as a whole, there are really seven, maybe more, but at least seven different benefits of having Jesus as your shepherd, according to Psalm 23. And so I want to say now, trust Jesus, your shepherd, because he will do these seven things, according to the psalm. Trust Jesus, your shepherd, because he will provide for you. Uh, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want Again, note the confidence here. The Lord is my, is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, the word want here does not mean desire, but lack. Uh, Jesus is my shepherd. Shepherd, I will lack nothing. Do you believe that? That if Jesus is your shepherd, you will lack nothing. What does it mean? Uh, on the one hand, I don't want to sort of deplete that phrase of, of all meaning, but I also don't want... Uh, to promise what Scripture doesn't promise, right? So we have to understand, what does that mean, that I shall not want? Here's what David means. He means that he, he knows he will go through the valley. He'll say that later on. He knows there will be tough times. He writes about that throughout the Psalms. He knows there will be times of difficulty, but he also knows that the Lord is a shepherd to him throughout it all. He knows that he will lack nothing he needs according to God's good purpose. Now, on the one hand, Jesus lacked much in this life. Uh, we who follow him can expect trouble and trial and loss. And from an earthly, worldly perspective, we may not have all that the world has to offer. But we know that Jesus will shepherd us through, through the valley, through the trouble, through the trial, through the loss, through our lack, that he will 
provide what we need through it all. Paul says in Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So don't be afraid to ask and wait and trust. In fact, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Give us this day our daily bread. You hear the echo of Psalm 23 in there? Make me lie down in green pastures. Give me what I need for today, for this moment right now. Now, of course, even when we do hunger and thirst in this life, Jesus says that he himself is the bread of heaven. And those who come to him and drink will never go thirsty again, he promises. See, Jesus is the good shepherd who gives us his body for food, his blood for drink. And the point there is not uh, cannibalism, as some overly literal people misunderstood when he actually said that in uh, John chapter 6. The point is that Jesus is the one who satisfies and gives us life, not just now, but forever. He is the one who will sustain us, care for us. But that brings us to the next point, right? Jesus, trust Jesus, your shepherd, because he will, one, provide for you, both now and forever, but two, he will restore you. Uh, verse 3 says, He restores my soul. Now, this is really the, the result of the green pastures and the still waters. The sheep is refreshed by the shepherd's care. This is the, the words of Jesus. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, to be honest, I, I'm not a well-rested person because I'm restless. Uh, the, the reason I'm restless is because I trust in myself more than Jesus on most days. I think that I've got to get things done. If I don't put in the hours or, or say just the right thing, then, then all my work will be fruitless. I think apart from myself, I can do nothing. What am I doing? I'm failing to rest in the care of my shepherd. Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So often I turn to my own resources and remain weighed down with the cares of this world. Our great shepherd is ready to take our cares upon himself, but we must trust him and cast our cares on him, knowing that he will care for us body and soul. Trust Jesus, your shepherd, because he will provide for you. He will restore you. And third, he will lead you. Verse 3 continues, it says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, uh, twice the book of Proverbs says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. It's easy to go down the wrong path. Jesus said in Matthew 7, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. How can you know that you are on the right path in life? How can you really know? How do you know that you are believing the right doctrines or living the right life? There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. The gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Are you sure you're on the right road? The psalmist says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Now, righteous paths for us 
uh, would mean paths of living, righteous lives, lives that are rightly related to God and others. But the emphasis here, again, given the sheep metaphor, is on the end of those righteous paths. The sheep get where they are headed. They are in the right way, right? They find their destination, and it is good. If you want to know what path to be on, look to Jesus, the the great shepherd of the sheep. He promised that whoever heard his words and did them would flourish. Some of his last words on earth were to teach the nations to obey all that I have commanded you. Jesus is our good shepherd. He will not lead us astray. If you want to walk in a good way that leads to life, follow your shepherd. Listen to him. He staked his reputation on it, right? He leads us in the good paths for his name's sake. Again, whose name? The, the name of Jesus. The name before, every, uh, before whom every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So trust Jesus, your shepherd, because he will provide for you. He will restore you. He will lead you, and he will forth protect you. Verse 4 is probably my favorite verse in the psalm, one of my favorite verses in the scriptures. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, friends, sometimes the paths of righteousness are through the valley of the shadow of death. In fact, I can think of no better description for the present age. We are not dead, but we live under death's shadow every moment of every day, which means that in the present age, the paths of righteousness are always through the valley of the shadow of death. Be that as it may, we need not fear. Well, why not? Because our our shepherd is with us. And and here's what he said in John 10. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Do you know that if you are one of Jesus' sheep, you are in Jesus' hand. No one can snatch you out of his hand. We need not fear. How do we know that Jesus can give us life the way he promises? How do we know that he can give us the eternal life that he says and protect us in the way that he promises? Well, because Jesus himself went through the valley and came out on the other side. Because he has risen from the dead. He says in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Oh, read that. Then with John 10 in mind, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. I, who am the resurrection and the life, give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. And here's what this means, right? No matter what horrors you face, and we all know there are horrors, Jesus has you in his hands. He won't let you go. Even if you feel like you can't hold on any, let, any longer, he won't let you go. I had a, pa- a pastor once explain it like this. He said, when you have a five-year-old and you're getting ready to cross the street, you say, hold my hand and hold on tight. And then as a parent, what do you do? You grab that child's hand and hold on to it for all it's worth. That child couldn't let go if he wanted to. Why? 
because you know your children, right? They're likely to lose their grip. They, they get distracted. They want to run in this direction and in that direction. They disobey and they want to do it on their own. And so you hold on tight and you don't let go. Yes, you are in the valley. Yes, the shadow of death looms large, but Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep and he's holding your hand and he won't let go. Trust Jesus, your shepherd, because he will provide for you. He will restore you. He will lead you. He will protect you. And fifth, he will be with you. Now, really, I've already said this, but it needs to be emphasized. The Lord uh, promised Joshua in the days of old, Joshua 1.5, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 28, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, Jesus is Lord. He is the good shepherd. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is with you always. Whatever you're going through, whatever trials or troubles, whatever uh, joys or sorrows, he is in it with you. You are never alone. Whatever the world might say, however you might feel, Jesus is with you in the valley, shepherding you, caring for you, leading you forward, defending you with his rod, corralling you with his staff. Trust Jesus, your shepherd, because he will provide for you, he will restore you, he will lead you, he will protect you, he will be with you, and sixth, he will celebrate with you. In verse 5, the metaphor shifts. No longer are we talking about shepherds and sheep, but hosts and party guests. And I say party guests because this seems to be a victory celebration. The enemies are present, but presumably defeated. The lion has been declawed, the viper defanged. And so a feast is prepared, a victory feast. The guests are refreshed with perfumed oils after their hot, dry journey in the desert. The wine is poured and the cups are filled to the brim, except the host goes too far and the cup overflows. And he has to scramble to grab a towel to sop up this village. But everybody just laughs because it's a celebration, right? The battle is done. The victory is won. It's time to feast and make merry. We cannot but think of the wedding feast of the Lamb. When Jesus will host us at his table and we will eat and drink and laugh and sing. But of course that brings us to this last point. Trust Jesus, your shepherd, because he will provide for you, restore you, lead you, protect you, be with you, celebrate with you, and seven, bring you home. Final verse of the psalm reads, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's really a summary of the psalm as a whole. The goodness and mercy of God chasing us down no matter where we go, no matter what happens in our lives. God is there chasing us with his mercy, not letting us go. His grace will have its way. His mercy is at work. Appearances be as they may. And in the end, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In the end, Jesus rose and ascended and is seated at the Father's right hand. And in the end, I will rise and I will dwell in the Father's house forever. Jesus said in John 14, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again 
and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. This is the great Christian hope, right? Not that we will simply die and go to heaven, but actually that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That though we die, Jesus will raise us from the dead as he rose, so we will rise. And when we rise, heaven and earth will become one, Revelation tells us. The dwelling place of God will be with men, and we will dwell in his house forever. Jesus, our shepherd, promised to take us there to be with him in his father's house. Trust Jesus, your great shepherd. He will provide for you, restore you, lead you, protect you, be with you, celebrate with you, and bring you home. And so we walk through the valley. We walk through the valley with Jesus, our good shepherd, who lays down his life for the sheep. We, lo- we walk through the valley with Jesus, the great shepherd, who will care for you now and bring you home in the end. And finally, walk through the valley with Jesus, the chief shepherd. Now, it may seem like an odd place to end, perhaps, but Peter calls Jesus the chief shepherd or the arch shepherd, meaning that there are other shepherds among whom Jesus is the chief. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, because it's, it's common today to think, well, Jesus is my shepherd, therefore I, I don't need the church. I don't need God's people. I don't need a pastor. I don't need teachers. I can live the Christian life just fine, me and Jesus, thank you. But here's why this is important, right? How does Jesus shepherd his sheep right now? Well, one way is through under-shepherds, the the pastor-shepherd-teachers of Ephesians 4. Jesus is the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. He gives us his body and blood for food and drink. He gives rest to the weary soul. But how do we receive Jesus? We, We receive him through the gospel that is proclaimed in the church. He restores our soul as we receive him in his spirit. How how do we receive him in his spirit? Through the word that is preached in the church. He leads us in paths of righteousness, but how are we led by Jesus in those paths? Through the scriptures that are taught in the church. He is with us, present in the valley, but how do we see his presence with us in the valley? Through our fellow believers who stand alongside us in the church, the body of Christ. Jesus celebrates with us his victory, preparing a table to feast with us and drink with us. But how do we celebrate the victory of Jesus today? Well, through the Lord's Supper, celebrated in the church. Jesus promises to bring us to his house, to dwell with him. But how do we enter his house now, today, as we come to the church, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the household of God, a building made without hands? Yes, we await the wedding feast of the Lamb, and yes, we await the resurrection when heaven and earth will be one, but we get a foretaste of these things as Jesus right now today shepherds us through his under-shepherds and in the church. Jesus is the, the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. He provides all we need, protects us from our enemies, and will bring us home. He cares for us in the meantime as the chief shepherd through under-shepherds and in the church, his temple, his body, his house. Walk through the valley, trusting Jesus to shepherd you today and tomorrow and to the end. Let's pray. Our Father, give us eyes to see clearly uh, our good shepherd, to see him 
to see him care for us, care for us through, through the events of providence, by the work of his spirit, but also in the church. Watch over us, Father. Care for us and shepherd us to the end until we dwell in your house forever. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.